Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray, and I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. And uh, we want to thank you guys for coming into the Housing Hour this morning and uh, starting your weekend off with us. We certainly appreciate it. And our goal is to, to provide you with some helpful information, something that will add some, some benefits, some quality to your weekend. And we're doing that today. And I tell you, um, what a, a, an amazing kind of uh, topic that we have today. And, and I wanted to first um, talk to Mark about and you, all of our listeners, about our website and how you can plug in with us. First of all, facebook.com slash the housing hour is how you can dial in to provide us feedback or go and look at our newest and uh, greatest information. Um, also, we're on Twitter at the housing hour is our handle. Um, and then our most, I think, important piece of the equation, Mark, is our website. Tell them about that. Well, the website is some, uh, housinghour.com. It's got everything that you could possibly want as far as things related to the housing hour. We have stocked it full of series. That treasure trove. Treasure trove of information <laughs> that's got everything that you could possibly want for how to protect your family. Home ownership matters series. We've got interviews from some of the experts around the country, governmental experts, private experts. We brought them all in. Plus, we've uh, laid it out with a lot of blogs and a lot of good information for everybody just to plug in and figure out what's going on. Well, that is awesome. And so without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Rosemary Thornton, author, um, and also just really a blogger and, and, and information is what you provide. And, and what you're here, I think, to talk about is something that really amazes me. Rosemary, yeah. thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And she has many books. The one, the one that we are um, specifically talking about today is the book entitled The Houses That Sears Built. Um, Rosemary wrote this book and, and really the, the thrust of it is talking about, um, the fact that between 1908 and 1940, more than 75,000 Sears homes were built. Sears kit homes contain 30,000 pieces for the average person to put together in 90 days, they suggested. And so Rosemary, first, let me, um, let you, I guess, unpack for us just generally, you know, if you look back in the history of time, these were not manufactured homes. These were real homes that Sears provided through their catalog that was just really a, a very impressive structure once completed. And it really just took off. Tell us, if you don't mind, maybe start us out. How did this come about? Give us a little bit of the background, and then we'll go from there. Well, it started really with Richard Warren Sears, who's my hero. I used to, uh, I used to say at my lectures that if that man were still around, I'd probably propose to him. He was a <laughs> fascinating character in American history. Yes. You know, there's really, he really was one of a kind. He started selling watches. He was a railway station clerk. Started selling watches that had come in. Nobody wanted them, which was not uncommon back in the you know, early days of freight. Mm -hmm. So he turned $50 worth of pocket watches into $5,000 in a period of, I think it was several months, which was an extraordinary sum in the wow. 1880s. So he founded the R.W. Sears Watch Company in 1886, started selling through mail order. There's a story that he saw Montgomery Ward catalog and slapped his hand down on the counter and said, mail order, that's the business to be in. And in mm. the 
late 1800s, early 1900s, it was very similar to the Internet of the late 20th century. People were like, ooh, send your money off to somebody in Chicago. But it became wildly successful, and it was largely due to Richard Sears' vision. And, uh, in fact, a little quickie aside, in the uh, 1880s, some of these watches came back needing repair from time to time, so he hired a young watch repairman from Hammond, Indiana, and that young watch repairman's name was Alva Curtis Roebuck. So that's how the two uh, of them got linked up. So wow. uh, in by ninth, early 1900s, the Sears Roebuck catalog was a staple of every American home. And Sears realized the way to sell more of the stuff in his 1,400-page, 100,000-item catalog was to get people into a home of their own. Because in the early 1900s, we had multi-generational housing. When mm-hmm. young people got married, they moved in with mom and dad, and mom and dad often had their elder parents living with them. So Sears knew a way to sell more of the stuff in the catalogs was to get them into a home of their own. So that was really the, the genesis of the uh, and the brilliance behind selling kit homes. And they were true kits. People often confuse the term prefab with pre-cut kit homes, and prefab is short for prefabricated. Right. That's when you. That's something very, very, very different. Where you sell a house and you bolt it, bolt the sections together. You put together walls. Right. But these were, as you mentioned, thirty thousand piece kits. Came with a seventy-five page instruction book and a promise that a man of average abilities could have it put together in ninety yeah, days. Well. That makes me feel bad because I must not have average abilities then. <laughs> because that, that would be pushing me. Too. Well, well, can I ask you a question, Rosemary? Sure. Um, you know, today when you look at, you talked about the internet and, and you talked about how Sears Roebuck catalog was really the internet of the day. You got this catalog and everybody anxiously awaited those of average abilities, well, whoever, or just awaited it coming in the mail or however it was, was given, you know, what really I think is amazing is that today that nobody really has, I guess, kind of reinvented this wheel, really, because what they did was extraordinary. And some of the pictures on your website, searshome.org, searshomes.org, you got to add the S to both, yes. um, are extraordinary. And and I guess what happened, I mean, I don't want to, I do want to learn more about the beginnings, but but tell me how it all came about and, and what really, I mean, obviously the Great Depression is ultimately what ended it, I would assume, but what happened throughout that process? Well, one of the reasons that the sales of these Sears homes took off was you did save about 30%, maybe even 40% uh, of in buying and building a kit home of your own versus the more traditional stick-built construction, you know, hiring an architect, hiring a contractor to put up a home for you. So that was a big part of the appeal. Another part of the appeal was it was a different world back then. I mean, today we get, uh, you know, an entertainment center and break out in a cold sweat because it has 17 pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention the lawyers, you know, 75-page instruction books. You'd have 7,500 pages of, you know, litigation warnings and, you know, don't cut off the thumb warnings. Yeah. But it really was a different time in America. I mean, if you read the Laura Ingalls uh, Little House on the Prairie books, she talks about Paw taking trees and turning it into a house. I mean, it was a completely... 
completely different skill set we had. This generation knows it as Bernstein Bears or Bernstein Bears. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Exactly. Hey, R- Rosemary. That's really scary. Yeah. Rosemary, let me ask you, I mean, because going back to that, because people out in the rural communities which relied on these catalogs, because I remember my grandparents who lived in Upper East Tennessee in rural farm, you know, of 150 acres. And matter of fact, the, the legend in my family is that the farmhouse was a Sears kid home. So that I knew about this for a long time in my family. But, you know, the only options they had back then were to mill their own wood and, 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 and the, uh, you know, fashion their own hinges and stuff like that. Is that what drove Sears to prepackage these things? Mm-hmm. Well, it really, it really was a marketing scheme. It really was driven by Sears' desire to see what else he could do. It was un- uncharted territory for Sears. I mean, he sold everything. It's really, but again, I could talk for days about Sears alone, but the two things that made Sears a very wealthy man were the cream separator and the sewing machine. He realized that every American household had to have a cream separator and a sewing machine, which really does give you an insight to what a different world it was <laughs> 125 years ago. Yes. So he hired people and he said, I want, I want a sewing machine under 10 bucks. I want a cream separator under 20 bucks. And people did it. And he sold them by the tens of thousands because everybody needed one. You know, it wasn't actually until after World War One that we hit a pivot point where more than 50% of Americans actually lived in the city. Prior to, the, to that, uh, we were an uh, agrarian culture. Most of us lived on the farms. So it, it really was just a, a confluence of a lot of events in American history that made the Sears home so popular and such a hit. It was uh, manufacturing. It was almost, it had a little flavor of assembly line put in where they could manufacture. I mean, they could just uh, take all the lumber and turn it into a, a like the Sears Hawthorne, one of the more popular models. They could mill all the Sears uh, lumber they needed for the Hawthorne, and they had electricity. And the, uh, in fact, there was a the big mill at Cairo, Illinois, southernmost part of Illinois. And I, I actually interviewed a man who worked at that mill in the 1920s, and he said they would have to call the Cairo power plant and put two more dynamos online so they could fire up the planers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> It really did. It was central manufacturing at its best. They shipped out the homes. Uh, I've I've gotten letters and ephemera from people who actually built these homes, and they said, you know, 30,000 pieces of of stuff, and the biggest complaint they had was the the glass doorknob was chipped or the roofing shingles were missing a bundle. I mean, the decision was incredible. Well, but I don't understand. If you got the these 30,000 pieces from railroad cars is how it was shipped to them, wasn't it? Yes. And so when they get all this stuff, how do they know how? I mean, these homes. There was instruction manuals. But these homes were elaborate. I mean, they're really but, yeah, very good looking. If you go to her website and look at these photos. That's amazing. How did they, I mean, how was these That That is not know. average abilities. There is no possible way. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Well, Sears might have been able to, but. And Sears estimated if you needed to hire a contractor to put this house together, that the contractor would charge you on average about $450 to put together those 30000 Oh, okay. I'll, t- I'll take that deal every day of the week. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, I tell you, when I had children, Rosemary, you know, it's just a new age that we live in. And um, when I had uh, my daughter and they brought us the furniture and it was from the little carriage place down on Kingston Pike, and it was three boxes, and and I had to hire a friend of mine to come over, and I fit, fed him dinner, because my mind just doesn't doesn't think that way. But back then, that's definitely how they thought. And what I think is amazing, and I would I don't know has has anybody ever tried to recreate this 
since the 20s or, or the 40s, I guess? I mean, has anybody... Not really. Yeah. The world has changed so much. Aladdin Kid Homes, a competitor of Sears, Aladdin actually started in 1906. Sears started in 1908. Mm-hmm. But Aladdin in Bay City started in 1906 and didn't close their company till 1981. So this was going on until, you know, wow. what, 30, 32 years ago. Yeah. Most well, recently, Lowe's had a, a something called Katrina Cottages, which were incredibly simple shelter that, I mean, we're talking three to 500 square feet, which is two rooms. But it wasn't the Magnolia. It wasn't the Magnolia, <laughs> that's right, which was 2,900 square feet, sold for $5,849 and was offered from 1918 to 1922. And gorgeous. And gorgeous. If you yeah, look at it, I mean, gorgeous. it's got the two-story I want one. I actually sent in my $1 good faith deposit to Sears and took it in, sent in an order blank and ordered one, but I never heard back from them. <laughs> hey, well, Rosemary. And I went whole hog. I got the oil shades and the you know, <laughs> and everything. The, I didn't even get my dollar back. Shades, I that. Oh, that's funny. Well, talk about talk about that $1 and how Sears guaranteed it and what your commitment was on the front end, because that's kind of an interesting piece off your blogs. Yeah, okay. It is. It is. And this, these were hugely popular. I mean, people love these. And I mean, I, I the, the cultural ramifications alone are just stunning. Sears offered mortgages on these. If you had a job, you got a mortgage. The mortgage application was three lines on the form. Uh, <laughs> inc- I mean, now, I, you know, my husband and I got a mortgage a couple of years ago, and I've never seen such a packet of information. It was bigger than the orig- original instruction manual that came with a house, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> But, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a process that appealed to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. One, the financing was easy. If you owned a lot, that counted as your down payment. And not only did Sears estimate it would take 90 days to put together this 30,000-piece kit, but if you got a Sears mortgage, there was a requirement that you have the construction complete and have the unit occupied within four months or you would lose your financing. Oh. Hmm. Would they come back out and get it? <laughs> Well, I'm not sure exactly how that unfolded. Sears I would, did yeah. foreclose from time to time. It turned out to be a public relations nightmare for them. I'm oh, sure I bet. Did close. Well, what's amazing to me, which I guess, you know, you look at the people who were on the cutting edge of this, and I think of William Levitt, and I think of Sears. Well, that's a good point, William yeah. Levitt. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean— I don't know where, as far as in line with this all, as far as history goes. But when we get back, I'd like to tackle some of that and compare and contrast and explore. This is a very romantic time of uh, American history. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to learn about where we are, where we got, where how we got to where we are today. It really, I think, tells us all a lot about really um, the type of uh, society that we live in. Helps us understand why we do the things that we do, and also if you're an entrepreneur some ways that maybe you can make a, a few dollars because it's providing a service. It's, it's just all very amazing to me. I'm so thankful that Rosemary has come in with us. Uh, we have Rosemary here today, Thornton, uh, author, and um, we're going to continue this conversation right when we get back after these messages. Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, host of The Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host Mark Griffith every Saturday from 8 to 9 as we bring you the latest news from the housing market. And be sure to check out our website, thehousinghour.com, for great resources on housing-related issues and links to our archive shows. So join me, Kevin Ray, and Mark Griffith each week as we tackle issues of home ownership. The Housing Hour is a locally produced show presented by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9, right here on WOKI. 
Every day, people make our community safer, stronger, and a better place to enjoy our family and friends. Hi, this is Dave Folk. News Talk 98.7 and Fleener Security Systems will recognize a special person each Tuesday in the 1 o'clock news. They'll be called Folk Heroes, and as a bonus, get two tickets to Carmike Cinemas. If you'd like to nominate a Folk Hero, email me, folk01 at gmail.com. You spell that F-O-U-L-K. News Talk 98.7, Fleener Security Systems. Salute all Folk Heroes. May is a marvelous month to shop Hammer Stores for spring and summer bargains. Save now on over 30 new arrivals just to start the month. This sale features cute summer sandals by Valero and Mia at $6.99 a pair, plus ladies' soft-style shoes and sandals by Hush Puppy and an all-new shipment of yellow box sandals. The Berkies are back with five new styles of Birkenstock fashion sandals, four big groups of spring and summer dresses by Starvix and R&K. City Triangles and Snap are priced from $9.88 to $19.95. Ladies' better capris and pants are a Fashion favorite by Larry Levine at twelve eighty eight. French dressing summer sportswear separates are nine eighty eight to ten eighty eight. Other sportswear deals feature names like Tasha Milano, Jennifer Lloyd, Jane Ashley, and others. Men's sticky jeans and work pants are fourteen ninety five, and Lucky Logo tees are seven eighty eight. Carhartt work dry pocket tees in white are four ninety nine. Plus, there are new shipments of area and room size rugs. See all the details in Thursday's new Sentinel and hurry to Hammers in Clinton Halls and Sevierville. Real estate is on the rise again. Remax values your time and wants you to have the very best experience possible. Whether you're buying or selling, Remax agents have you covered. They've been helping people just like you for over 40 years. Your vision is the mission of Remax. Let them find that perfect home for you today. Make the move and contact Remax at Remax-Tennessee.com or call 877-345-REMAX. That's Remax-Tennessee.com. Each office independently owned and operated. Great. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage? First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do. There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify today. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Monday morning on the Triple H Morning Show, the NRA names a new chief this weekend. Why is the suicide rate going up? And it is up. Listener email and question, should I start a garden? <laughs> we start at 530, the and Hilton Hill Morning Show. Bring your own brain, think out loud, have some fun. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host, executive producer. Landon, our, Landon is our producer as well. And I want to tell you guys about a company that we all here very, feel very strongly about, and that is Admiral Title. 
Admiral Title has been around now for about eight years, and they help your customers if you're a realtor or your customers if you're a lender, um, help them with the process of closing the loan. Um, you know, when you've went to a closing and you're signing the, the legal document, some of that stuff can be very complicated. It's hard to understand every last little thing. It's similar to instructions, like she said, on putting a home together. But you have to just take it piece by piece. And they can take good care of you, and they can answer all of your questions. Um, and you know what? All of our branches use them regularly, and I believe strongly in what they do. Give them an opportunity today. It's Phyllis Burnett. You can reach her at 865-531-6060. Admiral Title. All right. Well, we are back in here with Rosemary. Rosemary is the author of this book where she goes into great detail of the history of the Sears home. And she has a website called uh, the Sears. It's called SearsHomes.org. And um, really, a, a, just a fascinating website. I tell you, it's got quite a bit of information in it, and she blogs regularly. She is um, always putting new information out there, and you can search the website um, quite a bit that you can find here. Um, and it's it's a really, really user-friendly site. So and Kevin, I'm going to have this put up on the website so everybody can click on it and go right to her website and buy the book. Okay, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and we were talking off air um, you know, a little bit about kind of what some of the funny stories are of the kit homes, because I mean, the kit homes were around and, and everybody knew of them. They always, I mean, it was just, a, it was culturally of, known. It, absolutely. Everybody knew they existed. Why don't you set it up and let her talk about it? Well, so, you know, all these homes are being built, all the kits coming out. So obviously when you have a man involved with a kit, what do you get? Sometimes somebody throws the instructions away or something happens to all the pieces. So Rosemary, why don't you tell us about one of your blogs that you wrote on your site about Buster Keaton? Well, I, I discovered this Buster Keaton blog. My, my daughter first discovered it, and she thought it was hysterical. But uh, to give an idea of how well-known the Sears Kit Home phenomenon was, Buster Keaton did a skit called One Week, and I think it was the late 1910s. I think it was right after World War One, as I recall. But in the skit, uh, Buster Keaton marries this beautiful young bride, and, and as a wedding gift, a jealous suitor gives him a kit home. And the kit homes all had pre-marked lumber, and that those numbers, together with the instruction book, uh, help facilitate construction. <laughs> well, the jealous suitor who just can't bear it, the Buster Keaton stole his sweetheart away, erases the numbers on the pre-marked lumber and puts <laughs> different numbers on the lumber. So the thing that Buster Keaton ends up building is just this hideous monstrosity, and it shows you that the front door is on the second floor, and the windows are all crooked, and the roof is askew. And it's—I don't even know how they manufactured this thing for the, you know, for the skit. But it's just a little—I think it's a 15-minute skit, and it is very funny and very well done. But imagine—you know—this to give an idea of how well this was known. He did a skit. He didn't explain it. It was a silent. And yet everybody in the audience must have known, ah, you know, because they show them erasing the numbers on the framing members, <laughs> I love it. You know, all that stuff. So it's, and you know, show poor Buster Keaton looking at the instructions and not understanding why the hip roof is supposed to be, you know, at a, such a funny angle and everything. So it's really well done, but it's called One Week. And it's Buster Keaton, and you can find it at my website, and also I think YouTube has it up. Well, we'll we'll link that to our website to yours, so everybody can watch this little short. So that's got to be hilarious. It, it, and it looks the, the pictures are, are great. And you know, you look at our if you take that into modern day, and whether that be 
um, you know, something like the presidential campaign, as an example. Everybody knows about it. You don't have to set it up. It's just the look, the feel. You just know what the punchline is going to be based upon just knowing the news and knowing current events. Same thing, I'm sure, because there was no sound in this skit, right? It was just a visual right. uh, indication of, of, of these things. And, and it, I'm sure, it, I cannot wait to, to look at it. So when let's go back and talk about how, you know, one of the things when somebody decided that they wanted to build a home, you know, the choices they had were to, you know, hire a contractor and you're going to pay probably 30% more for the home ultimately after you hire out all of the help and you do all the things that you're going to do, or you could purchase this kit home and the kit home came on rail cars to, I'm sure the local town, the closest town. And then I guess one question is how would it actually be taken to the site from the, do you know those? Oh yeah. The, I interviewed a lot of people who actually built these homes themselves. And that's one of the reasons I've been so, so enamored of this topic and so hot to learn more. The people who actually built these homes for the most part have passed on. And even the people who remember helping mom and dad build these homes, hmm. yeah, they're leaving us. So our window yeah. of opportunity for finding these old stories is fast closing. But I did interview some people who actually helped mom and dad go to the train station unloaded. The way it worked the uh, the box car full of your building materials, full of your thirty thousand pieces of house, would roll into the train depot. You'd get a call, and there'd be a wax seal on the lock or the hasp, so that you know it hadn't been disturbed since it left the mill. And then they would put the box car on a siding, and you had twenty four to forty eight hours to <laughs> unload this box car. And again, it was a different world, early nineteen hundreds. These box cars were enormous, but you had twenty four to forty eight hours. To unload the box car, and back in the day, people would be using either a horse and wagon, or a very primitive Model T type uh, automobile wagon, uh, station wagon kind of thing. Or not station wagon, but a truck, a very modern. So there truck. was no U-Hauls. Or it anything. sounds like there a were no U-Hauls and no skit. big trucks before the fifties. And that's one of the reasons you always find these Sears homes within one to two miles of the railroad tracks. Logistically, it was just impossible to get it much further than that. And so you would unload the boxcar, and you would inventory it as you unloaded it. And if you did not have it completely unloaded within the 48 hours, there was a penalty. And, you know, people were doing this on the cheap, so they didn't want to pay a penalty. So you'd load it all up, load it, you know, manage to get it to your building site one to two miles from the train. And in theory, it, the boxcar had been loaded in such a way so that when you unloaded it and got it to your building site, things were in kind of the order you wanted them to be in. So the first things you'd need, the sills and such, would end up on the top. So it was very intelligently designed how they did all this. But it, boy, it still must have been a monumental effort. I <laughs> interviewed a man who remembered being a kid, watching his dad, and the story was this was the Magnolia that was built in Canton, Ohio. And the, uh, the father would yell, I need B-263, and the kids would go <laughs> scrambling over all this lumber looking for the piece that was labeled B-263. Oh. That sounds like me on Christmas morning. <laughs> so, the, you know, the parents turned it into a real adventure, and it was a real event. You know, people would come sure. together, they'd get friends, kids would help. You know, it was really not unlike a barn race. Rose, Everyone participated. Rosemary, let me ask you, I mean, when this kit came out, I mean, most homes have a foundation. You have to dig out footers, and you have to pour concrete for the foundation. Averageability. Or dig, a, dig a basement. <laughs> I mean, were these people already... Did doing this, or how, how was that foundation laid? Well, it was brilliant the way it worked. It was truly brilliant. You sent in your $1 good faith deposit to Sears, and by return mail, they would send you a complete set of blueprints, and the, the actual working blueprints that you'd use. 
and it also sends you a list of inventory, uh, 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 an inventory of all the materials you'd need. The masonry was not included in the kit due to weight. So you'd be responsible for uh, putting in your own foundation or hiring a done or whatever. But the idea was you'd look at the inventory, you'd look at the blueprints, you'd decide if you liked it. If you did, you send in your balance to Sears, and they would send you by, by rail the rest of the house. So people had about four to six weeks, which it took between you know your first dollar going in and the full order coming, to go, on, go ahead and excavate for the basement and get the foundation set up. But again, there was an expectation if you could read, if you could read and comprehend, you could build a foundation. And it was, I mean, most of these houses, well, a lot of them are in the Midwest, I can't say most, but so these people didn't just dig and the footers, they put in basements and yeah. they did it very well. I just can't imagine, I mean, did they have access to concrete and poured concrete in the in these for the foundation walls or was it did they have block i mean just kind of just blown away by the fact that somebody could actually put in a foundation well an interesting little aside uh sears kit homes are most typically found on cinder block and i, I and i mean cinder block you know not concrete block but right. cinder block uh if you see a brick foundation or even a stucco foundation or certainly poured cement wouldn't have been uh, common in that time period but they're usually on cinder block because you know if you can if you can figure out how to run a string line and put put in a level, you ought to be able to do a foundation if you take your time. And the instructions were very clear on this. So yeah, people would just go purchase cinder blocks, and and people who were too cheap to purchase cinder blocks or really were watching their budget would buy the Wizard Block Maker from Sears Roebuck for forty seven ninety nine. Of course. And if you work like a dog and didn't breathe or take a break or anything, you could produce, produce about three cinder blocks per five-minute period. And would, so that it, come, would that come with a sewing machine <laughs> as well? <laughs> no, I've got information on the Wizard Block Maker at my website. Oh, I bet you that's amazing. One of the most frequently visited blogs. Apparently, there's a lot of interest in the Wizard Block Maker. You made these things one at a time. You poured the, the mixture, you know, some lime, some sand, and cement into this mold and then you pressed it down to you know to force it all into the mold and then you released it and so i mean these people were making blocks one at a time the chelsea a big sears four square they estimated you'd need 1800 blocks for the foundation 18 that's going to take some time making them one at a time wow well we're here with rosemary thornton she's the author of the book um, about the Sears homes, and it's called The Houses That Sears Built. And um, we're talking to her about this extraordinary subject. And I want to ask you about a blog that you wrote, I guess, back in April maybe, and it was you were going to a meeting, I believe, and um, you were in Norfolk, and you, you've always, I assume, and it's another piece I'd like to talk about, you know, kind of keep your eye out for Sears homes, but you found this one hidden away, and you didn't even realize it was right under your nose. Um, do you know which one I'm talking about? The Sears Martha Washington, one of the yeah. most grandiose yeah. homes that they sold, a massive Dutch colonial. Tell me about that story because I mean I was <laughs> I love how you write and I mean it's really an interesting piece of your of who you are and it makes it even more interesting kind of the the way that you actually write stuff. But tell me about the story how how you came about this. Well, you know, small children and teenagers will no longer get in a vehicle with me because they say, "Hey, wait, you got to go down that street. I thought I saw something." So. My family well knows that to get in the car with me is a dangerous proposition because I'm like, wait, just one more house, one more house. But yeah, I literally was going to a, a meeting for <laughs> CERT, which is Community Emergency Response Team, 
So I've been going to these little weekly meetings, you know, yeah. trying to be one of the helpers in my community. And I, I had to stop somewhere and buy some biscuits for the potluck supper they're having. I looked up and I thought, oh, my gosh, that house in front of me, it has a curved roof, just like the Sears Martha Washington. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's two bays, just like the Sears Martha Washington. I thought, oh, my gosh, has a center chimney with two flues, just like the Sears Martha Washington. And I made my friend stop and go around the block because, you know, I was being driven. And, and you know, the thing is, these poor saps who end up driving the vehicles, I say, stop the car! You know? <laughs> <laughs> I went back two more times! And I, I was beside myself. This was one of their biggest, grandest homes. And it's right here in my hometown, Norfolk, Virginia, and I never saw it before. And I think, you know, I know I've been up and down that street, but apparently, one, it's been significantly remodeled. You know, the the vinyl siding, the replacement windows, twitch, twitch. But still, I I don't know how I missed it, but I did. Well, I, we, we're going to have to keep you for another segment, if yeah. that's okay with you. Um, but I also, maybe this can be a lead-in question coming into the last segment with you. Um, and that is about a couple of things. Number one, um, you know, how did how did these hold up over time, I guess? Because they're still around today. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure that we can compare, um, and I'm sure you have some stories and some some idea of, of just, you know, the quality. Now, certainly it came back to the, the person putting it together, certainly. But, but I'd love to hear about that. Um, but maybe you could answer this question before we go to break, and then we can come back to that. Do you do you own yourself a Sears um, kit home? I do not. I used to own one of the Bachman toy kits that I built myself for the HO Railroad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell people I did build a Sears kit home and that I owned one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I lost that in the great divide of 2002. Otherwise, none of this before, so yes. I miss my Sears kit home. So, I mean, if people are out there listening, I mean, these homes are out there. You know what I'd love to know is where they are on MLS. Well, there's another question that you can answer on the other side of the break is yeah. maybe you're in one and you don't know. So there are ways yes. that she can teach you how to identify whether you're in your home. Can you do that, Rosemary? I can. And interestingly, 90% of the people living in these homes don't realize what they have. Oh, even know. That's incredible. Well, we're going to continue on with this conversation with Rosemary Thornton. I have to say, probably one of the best shows that I've ever been a part this of. This is great. It's very fascinating. So we'll uh, turn this right back around right when we get back after these messages. Who draws the crowd? Who plays so loud? Maybe it's the guitar man. Who's gonna steal the show? You know, baby, it's the guitar man. He can make you love. Home ownership matters, and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today, 800 489 8910 or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Market realities in the housing market are making this a great time to buy. Home prices are right, rates are rock bottom low, it's time to act. But you need a company primed to help you take advantage of the great opportunity. That company, Mortgage Investors Group. Refinancing. First, let's talk about that. What if you could take your 30-year mortgage and turn it into a 15? You could save hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mortgage Investors Group can get it done with payments close to your 30. That way, your house can be paid off before the kids finish high school. If you're a first-time homebuyer, you're going to love Mortgage Investors Group. They have programs where you don't have to make a huge down payment, plus their information is accurate and reliable, and they get their deals done in 30 days or less. 
best in the state for 10 years running. Go to their great new website, MIGonline.com, and find one of the 18 locations closest to you. The opportunities are real. The American dream is within reach. Let's get started. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Equal housing lender, mortgage license 109111. When you see the happy face on our truck, you'll be confident your drain will be unstuck. Get the happy face trucks headed to your house today to learn more about Energy Star's certified products that reduce utility bills. Hiller features the Rude Ultra Series AC system that is rated number one for reliability. You can rely on Rude and Hiller Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Look for the happy face on our truck. Pros at Hiller Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, your rude, reliable local contractor. Rely on Hiller's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Happy you'll be, or the service is free. Call Hiller today or go to happyhiller.com. If you're not happy, you don't pay. That's the Hiller Plumbing way. So call a happy face truck today. Are you in the market to purchase a new home? Many first-time homebuyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. THDA offers 30-year fixed-rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Spring is just around the corner. Temperature begins to warm. Plants start to bloom. And truthfully, what's more fun than planting a garden with your family and letting your kids pick out the flowers? Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you make these precious memories come true for you. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, we have the loan to fit your needs. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 10911. For today, look for cloudy skies across East Tennessee, turning rainy at times with showers on and off, highs around 61 degrees. From the VLT Local Aid Weather Center, I'm Chief Meteorologist David Aldridge. Wake up with Halloran. You can run a remote-controlled car all over Mars with a camera on it taking high-def pictures. Don't tell me I can't have four bars all the time on my phone. It's Halloran Hilton Hill. There should never be dropouts. Mornings. I'm going to stop it with that two-bar nonsense. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back in right here to The Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host. And hey, I tell you what, I need to tell you guys about a company that that we have recently brought on board with us, and that's uh, Knox Homes Magazine, a great local company that does just a great job on their magazine. And they, they basically show homes that are for sale in the area, and their client really is the public and also realtors. They're trying to, to bring people out 
of the woodwork to say, hey, guess what? These are my homes that we have for sale in this area. Beautifully done. The magazine has grown to now 36 pages. Um, and you know what? They do a great job. I like these folks. It's Jim and Joey Hackworth. Um, they just do a really good job. So I would just recommend if you're a realtor out there, you want to get on with somebody who does a really outstanding job, go to Knox Homes Magazine. It's knoxhomes.com. That's the knoxhomes.com is where you can find them. Call Joey or Jim. They both will answer the phone and, and they'll give you a really, really nice deal. And it's a really good product. And guess what? It, for the public, it's free. Anywhere you find the Knoxville News Sentinel, you will find one of these magazines. Um, and really, it, they do a tremendous job. If you're a, a lender out there, I've had a lot of my realtor friends from the Knoxville Mortgage Bankers that are listening. You guys need to sign on. We've got a great presence in there, and we're going to do some blog um, kind of uh, stuff with them and do some written stuff that Mark's going to do. So give them an opportunity. Go to the Knox homes.com. That's where you'll find them. So let's get back in here with Rosemary Thornton. She is the author of the book. Uh, let me see. What's the name of the book, Mark? Homes that Sears built. And yes. you know what? I was writing a blog about this, Rosemary. And so when I was doing the research, that's how I found you. And I said, well, I'm not going to post that blog. I'm going to bring you on. <laughs> so the houses that Sears built is the name of the book. The houses that Sears built. What the did houses- I say? That's what you said. Okay. I was just repeating. I, was just, <laughs> I think you said the homes. No, I I'm just kidding. Been. I don't know. Well, Rosemary, we've got to know you a little bit, and uh, I really, really like the way that you present this information because you do it in a way that's interesting and that is current, and I really appreciate that because I think that that, that skill of storytelling has not been lost because obviously it hasn't. You still possess it, but I really, really enjoy talking to you very much, and um, you're doing a great thing, and I, I hope you continue to do that, and hopefully you don't have a traffic accident looking for these Sears homes. <laughs> do, you, do you do the same thing with the Aladdin um, as well? I mean, do you kind of know some of the earmarks, or do you take some of the same kind of passion on those, or is it not? No, I do. I Sears had 370 models that they offered, and when wow. I decided Sears homes would be my life, which they were for many years. I memorized each of the 370 models, and you know, wow. it was a little boring then, so then I took on Aladdin, Gordon Van Tyne, Harris Brothers, all these other kid home companies. So I was not able, it turns out, to memorize 2,000 housing designs, but, you know, it, it keeps my brain active. Absolutely. Some people who prospered, I memorize houses. Now, where, is, there, is there a concentration of these homes in any particular area of the country, or is it just literally scattered about? It's, it's scattered. Uh, Carlinville, Illinois, has 150 Sears homes in a 12-block area. Elgin, Illinois, has wow. 200 Sears homes in the city. Uh, the ones in Carlinville ended up there for Standard Oil, for the coal miners. So I can't, you know, other than, other than those two cities, I mean, it's a tough question to answer because I haven't been to every city. Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, has more than 60 kit homes. That was a town mm-hmm. built by Aladdin, which is kind of amazing. So there's probably a town out there that has more than 200 Sears homes in one city, and, you know, it just hasn't been found yet. And that's, again, one of the reasons I do this. Finding this is akin to looking for hidden treasure. I think we were talking during the break that uh, about 90% of the people actually living in these homes don't realize what they have. That's a staggering number. Rosemary, um, what about uh, Sears Historical? Haven't they kept this information? I mean, I would think that you'd be able to go back to – find some type of history through it. They've been around for so long that you would think that they would have controlled that. Uh, Sears Archives in Hoffman Estates has been wonderfully supportive and helpful, and I've been to the archives and actually spent about 10 days there. 
sadly, when they closed the Modern Homes Department in 1940, all the sales records, ephemera, blueprints, catalogs, everything was destroyed during oh, the no. house cleaning. Wow. So the only way to find these houses today is literally one by one. Oh, well, that's too bad. I mean, that is one thing that our generation did bring about, which is backups for, yes. for the computer. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, at least there's one thing. So <laughs> if they're living in these <laughs> <laughs> and if they're living in these house, tell us how we can identify them because yeah. somebody may be living in some right now. Yeah. That's true. It's amazing to me. I I can't tell you how many houses I've been in. You know, I knock on the door and say, "Hi, I'm Rose Thorne. You have a Sears home." And they go, no, I don't. And then we get to talking, and, you know, they're willing to let me come in the basement. I can, I've can. i been in a lot of basements in my life. And what you're looking for is that mark on the lumber. It's a letter and a three-digit number. And the homeowner will say, hey, look, I've been in that basement a lot. You know, I've been in this house 27 years. I've never seen any marks on the lumber. And then I go down there with a bright flashlight, and I show them the marks, and they're like, oh, my gosh, look at that. There's marks on every single piece of lumber. Oh, it's wow. amazing how well, our little brains overlook this stuff. But, yeah, you're looking for a... A letter, typically a B, C, or D, and a three-digit number, and it's going to be four to six inches from the butt end of the lumber, and the font is solid. It is not a stencil. It is solid for Sears, and it's about seven-eighths of an inch tall, and you'll find it in blue, red, black, ink, you know, one, one of the three. So it's really not hard when you know what you're looking for, and in fact, if you find a different kind of mark, the marks themselves can help identify. Did it come from Sears or Gordon Van Tyne or Aladdin or, or whom? Now, when you look at the quality of the homes, because I think that the quality is so kind of one of those, and you mentioned off air that they, they kind of get a bad rap, partly because the pe- maybe, I mean, if you look at 10 people, all of them want to build the home the correct way, but they all have differing and varying levels of expertise. So can you speak to the quality of them and how have they held up over the last, whatever, 125 years or whatever? Well, they've held up very well. There was, there's, there's two elements to the quality. One is the quality of building materials, and two is the quality of construction. There was a Sears house recently torn down in Washington, D.C., called the Jesse Baltimore House. And if you Google it, you should find it pretty fast. And it was a Sears Fullerton, which is just a big four square with a pyramidal hip roof. And that house was pretty much just set aside. Uh, it got bought by the government, as I recall, in the 1970s, got torn down about 2005. But it sat there with no maintenance, no paint, no roof, and it, it was left completely abandoned for almost four decades. And yet I was at that house in 2002 and 2005, and it was still square and straight and true. Wow. I double-dog dare you to take any 1990s McMansion, set it in a field for 40 years, and not do anything to it. You're, all you're going to have is some Chinese drywall left when you come back to it, you know? So these houses really, really were extraordinary construction, and they were built with love. Um, I, I'm sure you... Hurricane Andrew, I don't know if you remember reading, but the Habitat for Humanity houses, the very modest homes, were some of the homes that endured. And, you know, a million years ago, I was a newspaper reporter, and I was talking to somebody about this, and they said, well, what they found is when they were, when you're building a house with, you know, somebody walking the roof with a, a hammer and a nail, if they feel the nail doesn't, you know, through the roofing sheeting doesn't go into a, a joist, they pull it out and do it again. Whereas, you know, the contractors are out there with a pneumatic gun. It's boom, 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 boom. They don't know if they're hitting joists or not. And Sears homes were much That's the same. A good point. These were built by people who expected these houses to last for generations. They expected that this house would be passed on to their children and their children's children and on and on. So they were built with great care. Sears even specified the spacing of the nails 
these houses came with 750 pounds of nails. That's a wow. lot of nails. The instructions were very precise. As to the quality of the building materials, every now and then I get comments left at my blog or even comments at the lectures I give where people go, ah, they were just crappy old cheap houses. Mm. Nothing could be further than the, from the truth. Do you have to, does somebody have to detain you or like keep you from going after them? <laughs> <laughs> I just make a bad face at them. Uh, yeah. When... When these homes were built, uh, or actually when these homes are torn down today, I heartily encourage people to, at the very least, salvage the building materials. These houses, the, the, number, the framing members were number one southern yellow pine from Louisiana, Mississippi, from, from the forest in the south, some, number one southern yellow pine. And the exteriors on Sears homes are all cypress. We used to know cypress as the wood eternal. Cypress is the wood that they, they're even now finding buried in the canals. They used to use to, uh, to move the wood, and they're pulling cypress logs out of canals 150 years later, and they have extraordinary lumber. So cypress, because it's an oily wood, lasts forever. So the interior framing members are number one southern yellow pine, the likes of which we'll never, ever, ever see again in this country. It was first-growth lumber out of virgin forests, grew very, very slowly, very dense wood. In fact, you talk to homeowners, they'll tell you you can't drive a spike into the joist. You have to pre-drill a hole. Wow. And then, so it's very hard. In fact, if you compare the weight of a 2 by 4 out of a Sears home compared to what you buy today at your local hardware store, it's uh, radically different. When yes. some of that stuff isn't even really wood, like my daughter's <laughs> furniture probably yeah. is one of those cases. Well, um, one of the things we want to make uh, an announcement for all of our listeners that are listening to this and maybe you're listening this into the future um, if you have a Sears home and you've been able to identify these marks or you know that, hey, I bet you this is a Sears home, we'd love for you to contact us. Yes, that would be really excellent because we can pass that information on to Rosemary, at least more documentation. So go in your basement mm-hmm. and look for the markings that Rosemary just told us how to do. Mm-hmm. Let's let's find out what's in Tennessee because uh, I bet you there's so a bunch. It would be so cool to find, like, you know, in different areas – Bed and breakfast, maybe that somebody has created I bet out you of they this. Have. Oh, the magnolia! I want to stay in the magnolia. I would <laughs> love to, as long as it's not a funeral home, which I think one of these was. <laughs> yes, one of them is the Rose Funeral Home. How <laughs> is Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't want to stay in there until way later. But I tell you, you know, my my fascination has grown just since Mark has been talking about this. And you know, I guess how much time do we have left, Landon? Okay, so well, we only have three minutes and 45 seconds left, but, but I guess here's a question for you, because as things age and as we begin to, um, unfortunately, these homes, people might decide to do away with them because they want something more modern, which is so unfortunate. But, you know, how do we replace, I guess, in our own minds, how do we relive or carry the, these great stories onto the next generation? I mean, you're a perfect example of that, but you're like a diamond in the rough. Um, but how can we, just as common folks that really love and are, are encouraged by your stories, how can we, I mean, can we give back to the historic society or to, do you have some donation uh, kind of a portal that we can give to? How can we give back? Well, that's an excellent question. What I, I really don't have an easy answer for that. My, my goal is to identify these homes. When I find these homes, I leave a list typically with the city where I found them, so these stories don't get lost again, because honestly, that's my greatest fear. I've gone to great expense, effort, um, and energy to find these homes and to tell people, don't don't go with the vinyl siding and, you know, don't, don't, this is a historically significant home, please treat it as such. 
And uh, my greatest concern is that may be lost in another generation yet again. So I even mm-hmm. encourage people to take a picture, uh, to take a copy of the original Sears Modern Homes catalog that features their house and hang it. In the oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hey, Rosemary, tell us just real quickly, because we don't have much time left. Why did this end? The Great Depression. Oh, everyone thinks it was a Great Depression, and that was part of it. Housing starts dropped. Uh, I think it was January 1932, uh, The mag- one of the leading uh, newspapers of the day reported housing starts were down 30%, which was massive, absolutely massive. But the bigger thing was building codes. Sears sold these homes to all 48 states, hmm. and then building codes changed, and, and building codes became a bigger issue, and suddenly different communities had different building codes, and different states had different requirements. So building codes also... The regulation... Yeah, the regulation and unions weren't real crazy. As unions became more popular, they weren't very crazy about Sears selling these homes that could be built by you know the average guy, the man of average abilities. Mm-hmm. So it was that was a lie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And increasingly kidding. complicated housing systems. When these houses yeah. were built, they had the, if, if it was wired, they had a, a braided uh, cloth wire in the kitchen with a bare bulb hanging off of it, and maybe an outlet in the living room. And, I mean, look at the wiring systems today. So yeah. electrical systems and plumbing systems and heating systems became increasingly complex and also building codes. I bet you builders bought these to, and, and got them shipped and they built them. I mean, that probably was a whole other business. In great numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I would do it. Well, I yeah. mean, I would never do it. But if I had to do it. Well, they didn't have Home Depots, so this was the best, right. best option. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, Rosemary, we have come to the end of this show as much as i am disappointed about that we'll have to have you back um but we definitely would encourage people to go to our website and link over to um her website buy her book um get the coffee table book and put it there and i think it would be great thank you very much for joining us today oh you're very welcome all right well we have enjoyed having her in today and i definitely want you guys to go to the housinghour.com here in about an hour we're going to have that up for you landon's going to take care of that and forward this on to your friends and family, people that are all throughout the country, because we would absolutely love to learn about these Sears homes and where they are. Thank you again on behalf of Mark and Mortgage Investors Group. We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. You've been listening to paid programming, which does not reflect the views or opinions of News Talk 98.7, the news and talk of East Tennessee, WOKI. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard any size that you want. And that's what he does. He can help design a plan for you and your garden. Call Josh today at Home Harvest. And that's at 865-712-2745. Home Harvest, 865-712-2745. The world is your oyster. Fest. Come enjoy Oyster Fest this Saturday, May 4th at Concord Marina, benefiting Child Help Tennessee. Thousands of oysters will be served all sorts of ways, plus other great food and entertainment. The best ticket in town is just $95 at the door to benefit Child Help's programs for the abused and neglected children of East Tennessee. Child Help Tennessee's Oyster Fest this Saturday. Brought to you by WIVK and News Talk 98.7. Visit KnoxOysterFest.com or call 637-1753 to join the party. Clean your ducks. No dirty kill.
ducks. The duck doctor will be right there. You'll be breathing fresh, clean air. Clean your ducks. Have you had more infections this season? It could be mold and other nasty stuff in your air ducts, and they need to be cleaned. Those heating and air conditioning ducts should be cleaned every three years to maintain good breathing air. Call Duck Doctor at 938-7776 today to schedule your appointment and get your radio coupon 10% discount. Let the Duck Doctor clean your ducts. Monday on the Phil Show, Manic Movie Monday, Zoo Tickets, Top 50 Best Romantic Comedies of All Time, and whatever else we can dig up for a Monday. We started three on award-winning News Talk 98.7 WOKI.